Hello, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched, and we'll be talking about, The Princess Switch, which I guess means this is the beginning of our Christmas season? I guess so. I don't know, we haven't discussed this off mic, but let's do it right this second. Are we going to do, like, all Christmas movies during the month of December? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's, let's imagine that we're going to. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? I sure do. I put the emphasis on this because a second ago I was talking about how we'd watch other movies. Okay, cool. This movie is called The Princess Switch. It is a Netflix film. It was directed by Mike Roll from a screenplay by Robin Bernheim and Megan Metzger. It stars Vanessa Hudgens as two different characters, Sam Palladio, Nick Sager, and Alexa Adosin. <laughs> but Our Alexa bedigged when you said that. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I'm just going to leave this in. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, can you tell us a bit about the plot? Yes, the I can. Switch? Hopefully Alexa doesn't answer me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Stacy DeNovo is a baker who lives in Chicago and goes to the faraway imaginary kingdom of Belgravia to participate in a Christmas baking competition. While she's there, she discovers that the Duchess Margaret Delacourt, Duchess of Monteneg- Montenero, because not Montenegro, because that's a real place. Mm-hmm. Looks exactly like her, and the two of them pull a prince and the pauper and switch places with each other so that uh, Margaret can enjoy two days of living as a commoner before she gets married to the very awfully dull, charming, and handsome Prince Edward. Yep. Um, Stacy spends two days with Prince Edward and they fall in love. Margaret spends two days with Stacy's best friend, Kevin and they fall in love. I like the way you said Kevin. I was just trying to remember what his name was. <laughs> it was no slight against Kevin's out there in the world. Um, they fall in love, and then Stacy, of course, wins the baking competition. Everyone finds out that they were switched. Everyone is fine with it, and everyone marries the person that they fell in love with, who isn't the person they were paired with at the beginning of the movie. Yep. The end. That was the plot of And it's movie. Christmas. And it's, and it's Christmas the whole time. So objectively speaking, how good of a movie is The Princess Switch? Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the objective side. So like, your personal enjoyment of the movie is talk coming up later. How good a job do the people making this movie do making a movie? The plot is really fun. There are mm-hmm. some good lines in it. There are mm-hmm. um, beautiful sets and sure. fun costumes. I really like all the outfits that they wear. Yeah. The acting. Vanessa Hudgens does a pretty good job. I mean, it's hard to be two different roles. She does n- uh, noticeably better in her natural accent. Yes, that like, is true. As commonly happens with actors, right? When she's doing the accent, everything about her acting isn't quite as good. Mm-hmm. Because part of, I suppose, because part of her 
effort is being spent keeping the accent. And so she also just doesn't emote as well and doesn't move as naturally. Yeah, it's true. Yep. But the other performances are less good. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It is what it is. It is like a cheesy Christmas movie. Yeah. If you think of it for what it is, nobody involved in this movie is or is attempting to give their Oscar performance. No. And I think Vanessa Hudgens is doing the best performance and her performance is like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's not bad. It's not great. She does, they do the, uh, you know, her pretending to be the other character, pretending to be her. And you said to me while we were watching, man, that's hard for an actor to do. And I was like, yeah, and she's not doing it very well. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell it's hard because she's bad at it. Um, Which is to say, in objective terms, she isn't giving, and she's not being asked to give, and she's not trying to give like the multi, the nuanced, uh, careful performance of a, uh, you know, uh, Orphan Black. Right, yes. Right? Yes. It's not what she's going for and it's not what she's doing. Yeah. But for what she, they, and this movie in general, like the, the jokes are pretty broad. The plot is pretty uh, telegraphed. If you've seen this kind of story, you know, five minutes in, you know exactly what's going to happen, and it does. That's not necessarily bad, because it's for what the movie is trying to do. It does a fine job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what for what it's aiming at, I think this is a, a good example of this kind of light, predictable, cheesy Christmas TV movie. I mean, now it's a Netflix original uh, romance for kids. Or kid-friendly romance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do anything beginning to end. Doesn't do anything surprising. No. Not and that. Well, in, in every sense of that, not not surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Mm-hmm. I think there was a couple of plot points that were a little surprising. In that the the daughter, the little girl, figured it out instantly. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't always happen. That was, I felt like you knew that she was going to figure it out, but I didn't expect it to happen, like, as instantly as it did. Like, there was no gap between her believing that she was the other person. Yeah, there was no false conflict, and it even happened off screen. Yeah. She, like, we see her being suspicious, and the next time we check in with those characters... She, she knows, knows, has already confronted her. They've already explained everything and every, you know. Yeah. Like, that was a good call. Yeah. You don't need that scene. Yeah. Um, basically, Christmas movies like this is kind of Hallmark Christmas movie, even though this isn't Hallmark. Um, they have essentially the same rules as a musical mm-hmm. in which a, people can fall in love very quickly. Yep. And do. And... There's a bit of, like, the cheesiness of that and the predictability of that is is part is all part of the, the charm of these movies. Sure. Of a movie like this. And so I think that, like you said, this, for what it is, it's a decent movie. As long as you're not expecting too much, it they're doing a f- fine job. <laughs> it's 
So, uh, non-objectively, how much did you actually enjoy this movie, Paul? I kind of like the cheesy thing, as long as I don't have to do it too much. Like, one or two a year will do me. (laughs) But I have no objection to a telegraphed cheesy romance in terms of my enjoyment of it. And like, you know, I'm rooting for them and I'm in, again, I went in very much expecting it to be the kind of movie that it was. And since Mm. I went in with that feeling, it didn't disappoint me and it was kind of not very challenging fun. How about you? This is the exact kind of movie that I watch without you. (laughs) (laughs) This is like... I would watch 30 of these in a year because I love this kind of thing, but I would watch it all without you because I know that you make fun of it and don't like it as much as I do. Did I make fun of it? No, but I could... (laughs) A little. (laughs) And you will have to talk, like, we'll have to have this conversation afterwards about how bad it was. And I, sometimes I just want to live in the badness. <laughs> sometimes I just, like, I just want to be there. Like, I've watched the the other Christmas movies that Netflix put out last year with the, the Christmas Prince. Yeah. That was a lot like this, and I loved so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This one was not as good as The Christmas Prince. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it was, for what it was, it was fun. It was, I looked this up ahead of time on Common Sense Media. Mm-hmm. And they were they recommended, like, as young as seven for watching this movie. And so I went, oh, this movie is going to be fine for our kids. Right. Because they tend to, like, Common Sense Media definitely skews high. Like we don't, we wa- we'll watch movies that Common Sense Media will say ten, when our kids are our youngest is seven, so. I, I wanted to watch this with our kids, for a couple of reasons. One is because I like this kind of movie, and I always have, and so I'm like I want to share that with my kids. Also because, this movie, is a lot of tropes, a lot of predictable storytelling. A lot of, uh, reli- you know, it's the prince and pot and the popper. It's mm-hmm. a Dickens story. It's a age old story, and so of switching identities. The prince and the popper is Mark Twain. Did I say Dickens? Yeah. Mark Twain. Excuse me. I kind of get those two confused because I haven't really read much of either of them, but. I know the difference between Dickens and Mark Twain. I actually can see why you would get them confused. They are similar, despite being very different. Despite being very different. Anyway, sorry. Mark Twain wrote Prince and the Popper. But it's just, it's a common story. And your entrance into a story like that can happen in so many different places. And so I thought, you know, this is our our kid's entrance to the Prince and Popper. My entrance to that was like, you know, a random TV show. Who knows what it will be, but... That's, uh, and so I don't, didn't feel bad about them, you know, going into a movie that's going to be super cheesy Mm -hmm. because they'll watch lots of good movies and this is kind of a half bad movie, but it's fun. Yeah. I don't really, I hear you and you said this off the podcast. I hear you. Uh, I don't really see (laughs) your point or I don't really, uh, 
no, I'm not really persuaded by, well, you're going to be introduced to a trope, so let's introduce it in a bad movie. I don't really, but that's fine. I don't object to it. I just don't see why, like... Because I think seeing it in multiple different movies makes an impression on you, and then you know when it's good and when it's bad. Okay. But, like... And so at some point, sure. like... um, Basically, I feel like we off... We spend a lot of time trying to, like, make sure we introduce our kids in the exact <laughs> right way to things, and sometimes I'm like... Forget it. We're watching the Princess Switch. You know. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I yeah. don't disagree. I don't That's object exact. or disagree. I just don't think. I just wasn't quite following that. Like, are you saying that it's better to introduce them to a bad one? No. Or are you just saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. At all, what sure. your entrance is into any given trope or any Especially given character. A trope as common as this. Yeah, I'm thinking like Sherlock Holmes. Imagine, like, as a kid, when do you discover Sherlock Holmes? You see him on like. Sesame Street. Our kids and watched The Great Mouse Detective. The Great Mouse Detective, exactly. I think that was their introduction to Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So, like, there's just so many different ways to encounter a character before you actually get the real character, especially when you're young. Totally. I just think that's fun. I don't know if I have, yeah. like, a point, but, like, it's a fun thing about life. Um, so, should is there some serious things to discuss? <laughs> Let's get into the... Way, way too, 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 too seriously, 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 seriously portion of our show. Let's get into the way too seriously portion of our show. I think um, a movie like this is maybe an uh, example, mo- the most intense example of the way too part of the way too seriously. Because you say, like, is there anything serious to talk about? There's tons of serious to talk about, but it all feels petty. Right? Because this is not aiming to be anything other than it is. And so the things to talk about are, has there ever been a genre more strictly and formulaically heteronormative than this kind of romance? Mm, It's not even a romantic comedy. No. It's like both of these, there are two characters in this movie and two main characters played by the same actor, Margaret and Stacey. And both of them are explicitly incomplete without a man to love. Mm -hmm. And their entire purpose in this movie is to get heterosexually paired off and there is a wedding at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And at least they don't, like, there's, this is a bit of a different conversation yeah uh that i'm veering off to for half a hot second like the wedding at the end of the movie edward and stacy and the movie married margaret and edward have been engaged for the whole movie and their wedding day is when all of this gets revealed mm-hmm. and i was like tell me you're not just gonna swap her in and still get married on the same day just to a different person yeah and at least they don't do that no. they say a year from now a year from I was now. Like, okay <laughs> Thank goodness. But he does propose two days after meeting her. Yeah. We'll put a pause for a second on that conversation because that's another conversation. Yeah. But what this, what a movie like this says about uh, what it is to be fulfilled as a human, what the value of a woman is, what a woman, specifically, what a person, but specifically these kind of movies and this movie 
this movie, the underlying message is what is it for a woman to become fulfilled as a person? Stacy is a successful baker who owns her own bakery. Uh, but what makes her a complete, whole, happy person who's fulfilled all the goals that she is supposed to have in life is meeting a prince and getting married. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's... It kind of made me... It very much made me super annoyed that he was like, come, we'll just move your thing here. And she's like, that's not how it works. But we'll just open a new bakery here. And she's like, okay, I guess, maybe. Like... I mean, I guess in the meantime, they figured that all out between getting engaged and getting married. But I was like, she has a successful business in Chicago. Does she, she just has to give that all up because you're the prince of wherever. And the point of the movie is like, maybe they fixed it off screen, but that's because we don't care about her career. No, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Because that's not like a plot hole. No. It's a the movie doesn't show us things it doesn't care about and how they fix her career we don't care yeah she relocates to where he is because she needs to be married to him to be a satisfied fulfilled person mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah and especially like the contest thing too they're brought there to be in this contest she's all stressed out about it and then they switch places and she spends t- the two days before the contest doing something completely different whereas like if you're going to be in the, this big baking competition, aren't you going to be preparing for that? Wouldn't that stop you and from that's switching? And just once again the movie signaling to us that her preparing to win a contest that we are told but not really shown is really important to her is much less important and should be much less important to her than spending some time with a handsome Prince Charming. Exactly. Exactly. Who literally she calls Prince Charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> So there's all that. Yeah. <laughs> Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Does it count as passing the Bechdel test if they're both the same person? <laughs> she talks to the little girl. About? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. About herself and About her, herself and her double. other her doppelganger and all that. Okay, yeah. so, it, so does. it does. It does. <laughs> and it does count as passing even if it's the same actress because they're different people. Okay. <laughs> In the movie. In the world of the movie, they are two different people. <laughs> You're right. Okay, it counts. <laughs> this, do you want to talk more about this falling in love in a couple of days thing? I you do. You kind of want to, sounded like you wanted to. I do. I went past it quickly, and let's come back to it again. This, I understand, and I, again, I acknowledge the title of the show is way too seriously, so I'm taking it way too seriously, although I personally, in terms of my enjoyment, was totally rooting for them and was happy when they smooched. But, (laughs) like, the idea of, uh, the idea of this kind of, they've known each other for two days and now they're getting married, is... uh, Harmful. Yeah. It's really quite toxic because it presents a very false idea of what love is. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think it, I think there are couples who fall in love immediately and end up building a strong, committed, loving relationship. But what they had at the beginning was not a strong, committed, loving relationship. And then building towards that you know, is a mix, uh, is 
a mix of all kinds of good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a marriage is built on love and commitment and choice, and none of those things happen in two days. No. No. And that what and the movie doesn't have them married in two days. It has them whole have a whole year, but she he proposes and she says yes and it's, you know, the year is for the sake of you know, so that to to shut up scolds like me. But Well it's also the the other couple, she's saying that she's in love with him after two days. Yeah. Too. She's saying she that, like, I love you after they don't know each other barely at all. They don't know each other and at he all. Has, and he, the entire time, especially that relationship, the Kevin and Princess Margaret, Duchess Margaret, bugs me the most because uh, he's deceived the entire time. He thinks that he's falling in love with this friend he's had for his entire life. Yeah. Whereas the prince and Stacy, he barely knows. It's like basically an arranged marriage. He barely knows her. And so when she acts differently and is, and he falls in love with her, it makes sense and it is logical. Whereas the other couple, it's a his, problem. He is very duped. Yeah. And his feelings for Margaret are all tangled up in feelings that he already had for Stacy. And mm-hmm. to, he can't really pull those apart. Yeah, exactly. And that's all back to, like, this kind of movie and this kind of storytelling and this kind of plot action where someone falls in love after having a one conversation confuses infatuation with love. And that is really actively harmful to people in real life. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of, and I'm sure that you, dear listener, personally know people, maybe even yourself, who uh that confusion causes real hardship mm-hmm. people jump into relationships that they're unprepared for and end up hurting themselves and each other mm-hmm. and like and it's also easy to hide who you really are in a couple of days and to jump into something and then realize that like this dude's really controlling or this exactly. dude is really who knows any given number of things could be wrong with someone else any kind of number of issues and the message that like true love the truest kind of love not just true love is instant but uh instant love is truer than slow building love yeah yeah and it's more romantic Mm -hmm. and it is also uh couple that with women's purpose in life is to marry someone who they are in love with in one minute those both build towards you know if you're really really lucky things work out if you're less like lucky you're heartbroken and if you're less lucky you're in a deceptive controlling and abusive relationship yeah like it is feeding women into abusive relationships Mm -hmm. and feeding both women and men into disappointing relationships yes so maybe we shouldn't be letting our daughters watch this so maybe we shouldn't be letting our daughters like how jan except for the why i justify both watching and please justify it you got a lot to justify (laughs) and and letting my daughters watch it is because our daughters have a relationship in front of them 
that is loving, long, committed relationship that I will always be telling them that this is silly. Real love is what your father and I have. Jen? Paul? This is when I need to tell you that I'm actually the Duke of Furfalurf. Oh, oh, thank goodness. I have I'm been... so glad you're a Duke and we have some money. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> and we're not real. so... <laughs> too real. Too real. Um, I just have to pause for a second here in the podcast to say, are you playing with a barbecue skewer again? Yes. I'm putting it down now. <laughs> Same one. For those, for anyone who follows us on Twitter, you may know that during the Wreck-It Ralph episode, Paul was playing with a barbecue ep- skewer and skewered himself. <laughs> and now he's playing with it again. Choose something else. Anything else, Paul. It really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I like stabbed myself right under the thumbnail. That's like literally what people do for torture. I know. Like <laughs> splinters under the thumbnail. That was what I did to myself. I left that moment in the podcast. If you go listen back to Wreck-It Ralph, see if you can spot the moment, because I think I hit it well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the matter at hand. I do think that these these kind of movies can be damaging. I think that for me personally, they're not damaging to me. And they're not damaging, and I hopefully they will not be damaging to my children. But maybe that's something to think about. And maybe we need to, uh, we didn't, maybe we need to have a talk with our kids about, like, that's not how love works. Well, the thing is, they also have Frozen, where she says, you, you can't, can't fall in love with someone you just met. And they definitely know that. They definitely have repeated that line. So, so there's that. There's a balance. <laughs> we were watching this movie, and every time there's kissing... Our seven and ten-year-old are like, ew, ew, kissing, kissing, yeah. gross. And then at the end of the movie, our seven-year-old was like, I kind of like it. Yeah, our ten-year-old has been like, pretty much, thou doth pr- protest too much. She just like, insists on being, ew, every time there's kissing, because... But our, our seven-year-old is willing to like, admit that actually I kind of like it. <laughs> Um, there's another issue in this movie that's uh, the idea of, especially in Stacy's plot, the idea of marrying a prince mm. and the class issues right. connected to that. And uh, they go off and save the orphanage or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole plot point. Yeah, they sort of do. I'm Two things about that, right? Like the... Uh, commoner is the one who's aware that people need presents at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, the royal is the one that we aspire to be. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That he has, we have a line in his mouth, like his butler is like, it's hardly dignified. And there's a line in his mouth that like, kindness is always dignified. That it's not very dignified for a royal. It's always dignified to be kind, Frank. Uh, which is a very nice line, except that, like, he doesn't, he hasn't, he has clearly not actually put that into practice ever before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It has never occurred to him to put that into well, practice Well, I think that's him before. learning that. Yes, that's true. But it's like, there's a mix 
of whether uh, there's a mixed perspective of whether uh, wealth and nobility alienates you from common life and that's a problem a moral problem and on one hand and on the other hand that it's like what you should aspire to and that marrying a prince means winning life yeah right absolutely Absolutely. and especially in this movie there's two of them and one marries out of being in royalty and or you know doesn't they're not married at the end of the movie but they're she catches the bouquet right yes so they're gonna be um one marries out of being royalty and the other marries into it so there's a little bit of uh gesture towards complicating that but the trope of marrying a prince and becoming a princess is so strong and the reason that that's such a strong uh trope is it's because like the the things that says about class and about uh especially gendered class that a woman marries out of having to achieve to achieve her personal <laughs> aspirations and accomplish meaningful things in the world into uh inherited wealth and privilege yeah and that constitutes a happy ending mm-hmm. right true love constitutes a happy ending <laughs> And there's a little gesture towards she wants to know about affairs of state. Yeah. But like, it's a pretty weak gesture because he assumes that she is not going to have any connection to affairs of state. And her like winning that is like, okay, I'll talk about affairs of state with you. (laughs) She doesn't have any actual role or responsibility or authority. Right. Right. Because why would she? <laughs> because inherited people having roles of head, as heads of state is insane anyway. <laughs> well, hold on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were referring to, like, the royal family. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> who, I, who I secretly love. <laughs> like, royalty. <laughs> It's just not a very good idea. But look at how cute the little prince and princess and prince are. There's going to be another one. <laughs> I have a problem. I love all these things and I'm ashamed of it. <laughs> so, like, if we're really going to take this movie really too seriously, let's just acknowledge that... Uh, the monarchy should be abolished. The monarchy should be abolished. Yeah, true story. <laughs> You know, you know what movie this movie maybe we really want to watch what with our kids? The Princess Diaries. Oh, that's a good movie. Which is a great movie and much better acting. Anne Hathaway is amazing, and that Mandy Moore is in that, and of course, Julie Andrews. Who's Mandy Moore is in the Princess Diaries. Yes, she sings a song. I don't remember her. Oh, we need. Yeah, let's watch that again very soon because our I, kids will love it, and I love it too. I remember Julie Andrews for sure. Anyway, <laughs> do we have it? Like, here's the thing with this movie: is there's so many things that I could give mini rants about that this movie doesn't treat thoughtfully. Yes, and so really, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm yeah. talking about uh, tropes and cultural assumptions that the movie thoughtlessly trades on. Yeah. 
So we could talk about more of them, but I don't know if it really is. Yeah. Let's put it into um, our... We need a name for this segment of how old should you be to watch this movie? What age is this movie appropriate for? Well, there's no... Uh, I would say there's no violence. There's no bad language. There's no uh, scariness. There's no grossness. There's implied... I mean, there, there's uh, compulsory heterosexuality <laughs> up the wazoo. No, wait, don't put that up the wazoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not compulsory heterosexuality. Um, <laughs> the moments that are like... <laughs> Sorry. I think that it might be a little bit boring for a kid under six mm-hmm. because it's all just uh, live action humans and their feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that there's one off color joke that went over our kids' heads con- entirely. I don't remember what it was. It was when she meets her uh, baking rival and she's like, you were really close to some of the teachers. Do you remember when you glazed that professor's berries? Right. Or something. Yes. Some innuendo. That was the only part that I thought was kind of off color. Mm Mm-hmm. And our kids didn't register it at all. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, yeah, like six and up, it's just, yeah. if your kids like a live action thing, they could watch this, basically. I think so. Like our kids, basically, it, was, it wasn't until recently that they cared about live action things and not cartoons. Yeah, especially our younger daughter. So is it good? Is it seriously good? It's not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It is what it is, but that doesn't mean it's good. I'd be willing to call it medium because I don't think it's bad yeah because it's doing what it's trying to do mm-hmm. but it's not aiming for higher than medium yeah. and it's not hitting higher than medium yeah it's medium it's a medium movie is it seriously good <sighs> no 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 like how can it be <laughs> like medium bad i'd say like it's not bad bad no it's very mild yeah so I'd say, like, medium It bad? makes gestures towards... It's aware of some of the problems of the genre and makes gestures towards correcting them without making any substantive effort to correct them. Mm-hmm. So it's not absolutely bad because of the gestures. And... Yeah. It's not... Uh, not everyone in this movie is white. We didn't even talk about that. But, yeah. like... There's not really much more to say about that, but it's not a uh, completely white movie. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So in the, on those terms, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I don't think it's as high as medium because of everything we said about like class and gender and sexuality and heterosexuality and love. <laughs> medium bad. Medium bad. Yeah. This is a medium, medium bad movie. That's still a lot of fun. Yes. A medium, medium bad movie that I still kind of (laughs) recommend. 
<laughs> so I would love to hear about all the cheesy romance movies you watch and if you like them like me or don't like them like Paul. <laughs> I like some of them. Yeah. You can at us at <laughs> at us at. You can talk to us on Twitter at WTSCast. You can send us an email, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. If you enjoy our things, tell a friend. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Tell your family if you're if you're home for the holidays, you know, spread the word, spread the good word of WTS. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also support us financially. Give a dollar or a two or a five on Patreon.com/slash/Clockworkscast. So. So I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And I already used the gag that I was kind of saving for the end of this, where I pretend that I was have been pretending to be me all along, so now I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, what was the deal with that guy who set everything up? Was he an angel? Yes. He was like uh, Rowan Atkinson in Love Actually. Rowan Atkinson or Rowan Williams? I can never remember which Rowan one. Rowan Williams is. Is the arch- was the former Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> I can never remember which one is which. <laughs>